and like during that time really kind of learning what my values were because I'd never sat down to think about those and getting clear now I'm like well, I hope that I hit New York Times bestseller with my next book, whenever that is, but it's not a prerequisite to my happiness or my success. Right. Oh my gosh. What a beautiful, you know, self-awareness moment you had and journey. It sounds like, you know, most people don't ever get that awareness. So amazing. Hey everyone, welcome back to A Sharper Life. I am your host, Nikki Sharp. And if you are new to the show and this is your first episode that you're listening to, I appreciate you for being here. And if you have been following the show, I have to give a massive shout out to each and every one of you. So each and every week, I see you turning up for A Sharper Life. And I am just so grateful because whenever I sit down to record these episodes, I look through the reviews and the comments that you share with me on Instagram. And I really just think, wow, I am so fortunate to have such an incredible community for this podcast and everything that we're doing. So today, I wanted to highlight a few of the reviews that really spoke to the power of this show. So this one is from Melissa JJ with a five stars. And she says, I heard Nikki on another podcast and headed over to check out her podcast. I am hooked. I've almost listened to all of them in 10 days. I enjoy listening to all the different topics and I've recommended others to tune as tune in as well. Thank you so much, Melissa, especially as you're sharing the show with other people. Now, this next review definitely made me giggle a little bit. This is from Jennifer JM and it's titled Sharp Shooter. So she says, I found Nikki during COVID on Instagram. She embodies every bit her namesake. She is sharp, witty, engaging, honest, humble, and inspirational. I look forward to connecting with Nikki both through her Instagram and podcast content. She is a touchstone for inspiring, transformational self-help resource. Thank you so much, Jennifer. And if you are listening on Spotify, click the follow button so you don't miss an episode and tap the five stars button. And if you listen on iTunes, scroll down past the episodes where it says write a review. And if you message me on Instagram with your review, I will do my best to share it along with my gratitude for an upcoming episode. So with that being said, today I have Angie Wisdom. And much like her last name states, she is dropping wisdom on the show with a wide range of topics. So Angie is a master certified coach, the author of The Non-Negotiable You, and creator of The Morning Mindset Journal. And she's also a well-known speaker and co-owner of a global alternative investment fund. So with over 25 years of business experience, she is passionate about helping people burnt out with their businesses, business owners, and really just everyday people who are looking for more and really helping them to elevate by honing in on their life. And so today, as I mentioned, she is dropping the wisdom. We are talking about what are the non-negotiables in your life and how do you understand and define them? We are talking about people pleasing and she gives the best answer I think I've ever heard to understand if you are a people pleaser and how to change it. So definitely listen for that. We also talk about information overload and how to, how to navigate if you are feeling a lack of inspiration and you're actually starting to compare yourself to other people. We are talking about control. How do you get more control in your life? And it's not what you think it's going to be. 
Welcome. Welcome, Angie. I am so excited to have you here today. So what I would love to start off with is to ask you a little bit about yourself and the passion behind everything that you do. Because from what I can see on social media and even just you showing up here, you are incredibly passionate about everything that you teach. So where did that come from? Yeah, thanks for having me, Nikki. Um, I am super passionate and I've always had this kind of just inner belief. I don't know necessarily where it came from, but I've always kind of believed that we're capable of accomplishing anything we want. And it, I, I truly believe that so much so that like when I was younger, I tried out for like every sport team, even if I couldn't play it because you just never knew what you were capable of. Um, love to compete on anything. So I've always had this fascination with, I believe that, but like, how do you actually make that happen? And so that was kind of the mission that I set out on was if that's true, if we can accomplish anything we want, what's the formula to doing that? And um, that's been my journey. And then watching people one by one accomplish that and create themselves into that best version that's a, capable of anything is what kind of drives me every single day. I love it. And I would say we definitely share that same view of mm. not taking no for an answer. And what I mean by that is really setting out to try different things because we're going to have quote unquote failures in things that we do. And can we take that and learn? And just as you mentioned, like trying different childhood sports or musical instruments. And as a child, we we don't really take it upon ourselves to be like, oh, I suck at this. I'm a failure. It's just mm -hmm. like, oh, okay, maybe I didn't like that as much. And so there's something that you you share often, and I want to dive into it, which is the non-negotiable version of yourself. Mm -hmm. Now, how can someone understand their non-negotiables and what's the impact that it has on their own life? Yeah, to kind of give you a little bit of background on that, I basically I was successful. I was doing well in the financial industry, but it dawned on me, you know, through a series of events that all of a sudden I thought I was only showing up with about half of myself. Half of my bandwidth was being given to what other people thought, um, how they might perceive me, you know, what I should say, what I should do, this lack of authenticity, this over giving and over serving people. And that's what dawned on me as going, oh my gosh, if, if I'm performing at this level with only half of my capacity, what happens if I change that and I could show up as 100% of myself? And that kind of formed the non-negotiable you in this space of going, I've got to take care of myself first and know what fills me up. I have to be able to control my mind. I have to be able to trust myself, show up authentically and take responsibility for what I want. And that's literally the framework of the non-negotiable you. You nail all of those you become unstoppable. I mean, you literally, that's that formula to accomplish and live the life that you want. Beautiful. And so how does someone go in to find those non-negotiables? And I'd love to hear actually, what are some of your specific ones that you live your day with? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Number one is you have to have your values. You have to know what fills you up. You have to know what brings you joy, what, you know, motivates you. That's a non-negotiable. 
And if you know those, then it becomes a non-negotiable to put those in your life. Take responsibility to put them in every single day. If you value accomplishment, alone time, time in nature, whatever it is, you've got to be non-negotiable about getting those things into your life because that is what fills you up. It's what brings you to this place of, you know, being great for other people and yourself. So that's definitely a number one non-negotiable for me. Another one is starting my day with myself. You know, I used to people please all the time and everything was always about everybody else. And I realized that was a really selfish way to go about it. I felt like I was serving everybody, but in theory, I was showing up drained and exhausted. And so we flipped that. And now the first person I connect with is myself with a morning mindset routine so that I know exactly what I want in my day. I know exactly what I'm grateful for, my vision, all of that again total non-negotiable for me that I spend that time with myself every single morning. So those are two of the core ones. I love those. And, you know, I'll say I, I very much agree on the values. I actually years ago, without realizing that it was a value in my life, I, I have the word trust that's mm. tattooed on my my finger. And specifically, I got it on my ring finger because I was going through a very traumatic up and down six year on and off relationship. And it was like, I need to trust myself, trust mm -hmm. God or universe spirit. I need to yeah. trust that the right person will come along. And then actually just on my birthday a few weeks ago, I got the word joy tattooed on my foot for that same thing of do for me, I would really say that's like one of my non-negotiables is do all things with joy and trust the process. So oh. I, I love that you're, you're saying those because it's, I just have this thing where apparently I go tattoo them on myself coming from the girl <laughs> who never thought she would get a tattoo. Whatever it takes for a really reminder. Quickly touch <laughs> I, I exactly. And it's funny, actually, I have um, a heart on my wrist as well, oh, pointing yeah. outwards. And that's kind of that reminder for me of do all things with love. And so mm. it's these little reminders that have become so ingrained in the anchors. And so like, I yes. find that if I'm ever doubting myself, I actually I start touching my my trust tattoo without even realizing it. And whenever I'm doing calls and I see I put my hand up and I see the love, I'm like, right, radiate love, fill my cup up first, which is why yes. it's on me. And then, you know, have that overflowing. But I want to get into people pleasing because this is yeah. a topic that so many people deal with. And I I would say I'm a recovered, recovered mm -hmm. people pleaser that I didn't even know that I was doing things for other people. So what are some tips that you have for those who are listening to identify people pleasing tendencies and behaviors and the tips on how to kind of cultivate that power back? Mm -hmm. uh, catching it is number one, right? Understanding that you are in that space. And a couple of the red flags for me um, were, believe it or not, like resentment. When you are doing so much for people without them even asking, you know, like you're almost just doing things to have it come back to you with different intentions. And so then it builds up this resentment, like, wow, well, I did this for them. I said this, I, I showed up like this. And it's like, well, they didn't ask you to do that. So you're building up this resentment by showing up for people all the time when you weren't even necessarily asked. So that's definitely a good indicator. Um, also, you know, trying to make yourself feel like you you are the most important person in someone's life. And that's a hard one to swallow. But when you are trying to kind of 
take up space in somebody's life as that very most important person who does everything for them, who will be there for everything in an unhealthy way. It's another sign that maybe you're people pleasing. And um, the last one that was a real, you know, telltale for me was what am I giving myself? Where's my joy? And anytime someone would say to me like, well, what makes you happy? What brings you joy? I would say, I'm good as long as everybody else is good. As long as they're happy, I'm happy. And it was like, it took me a while to go, gosh, I cannot kind of hitch my cart to everyone else's happiness. I have to find my own. So, you know, continue. I I was just going to say, I feel like, you know, of anyone I've ever talked to about people pleasing tendencies, the way that you just phrased those three are probably the best I've ever heard just Mm. laid out there. Like if you're finding that you're resenting someone else, like that is such a, you're so correct. And I've just not thought of it that way. That is such a sign that you're giving your power away without, I don't think we go into it wanting to give our power away, Mm. but I just, I want to thank you because those were so, so concise and beautiful, such amazing Mm. takeaways for people. And, you know, with, with that and you, you're a master coach and you do all these things, helping people in their business, their life. In your experience, what are some of the biggest challenges that you actually see people facing in today's day and age? I think the top probably two or three are um, authenticity, right? Everyone is so consumed with what everyone else will think and what everyone else will say. And it is 100% you know, impossible to show up as your best self and all that you have to give when you are constant, constantly filtering that through what other people think. I mean, it's, it's a barrier for your authenticity. So I think that's one of the number one things that gets in the way for people. Um, controlling your mind. Mindset is huge. And I think a lot of people talk about it in a light way, but we don't really harness our power when it comes to, you can literally control your thoughts. You are 100% in control of your mind if you choose to be. And being able to do that is a total game changer. So I think those two pieces, when people come to me, it's usually, are you thinking, worrying about too much what other people think? And then why are you letting your mind control you? Mm. And that really goes back to then just what we were talking about with that people pleasing of, mm-hmm. of like conforming yourself to becoming someone different for everyone else because of a, a need of acceptance and a fear mm-hmm. of rejection. And we actually have very similar views on authenticity. And it's, it's something that I call the two magic pills whenever I'm teaching clients that authenticity and vulnerability. And so can we actually go a little bit deeper into that of, where you really feel that people are not being authentic in their lives? Like, is it with partners? Is it in business? Is it, does it start with yourself? I think that it really comes from a business perspective first, um, for most of my clients anyways, because people have goals and they have agendas and they want a certain level of success. And you formulate in your mind like, okay, well, who do I have to be? What do I have to do? How do I have to show up in order to get that? And not necessarily from like just the best version of yourself, but you know, what how will they like me? What, what do they want me to wear? What do they want me to say? How can I impress them? So it's almost this agenda driven authenticity. 
You know, I mean, do you wear a suit because that's what somebody wants you to wear? Do you say a certain thing because that's what's going to make them like you? So I think that's a big place um, in my area with clients is there's almost this like duality of personalities. I'm myself when I come home and I'm in my relationships with my friends and my family. But when I walk out that door or, you know, go into virtual Zoom now, it's like they put on this whole other personality to show up as somebody else who they think they need to be in order to be successful in business. What would you then say is, is the antidote to that? How can someone, especially relating to business, understand their own value and showing up? And I'll just give a, a really quick example mm-hmm. on this where, you know, as my coaching business has expanded, the podcast, all of these things that I'm doing. I myself have faced that of what should I wear on my coaching calls, right? I, mm. I have this perceived notion of I should be this. And for so many years, you know, I was labeled a, a wellness expert and now a transformation expert. And mm-hmm. when I started thinking, and I'm getting compared to like Mark Hyman and people of this nature who was incredible and, and gave me a testimonial for my book. So it's like when I'm being put in the same kind of category as these other experts, I actually realized that I lost myself because I was like, oh, well, these other experts are not talking about their personal life and they're not sharing about their relationship and they're dressing a certain way. And so I was starting to mold myself into what I thought that quote unquote expert bucket looked like. And what I've learned is honestly being me in whatever that means, my clients love it more. And so what would you say are some tips for someone, especially relating to business on bringing in that authenticity, especially when fear is there, right? Like Mm -hmm. I can't ask for a raise if I don't act a certain way or if Mm -hmm. I don't show up. So what would your biggest tips be? I think there's, it's two parts. One, you have to understand the theory behind it and, and really believe that. And I would even write something out and read it every single day in the sense that like you will never be the best you. You will never be able to share your gifts, your purpose, your passion, unless you are your authentic self. That's something that you have to remember and ingrain in your brain every day. Another statement is the fact that if you are showing up as somebody else, you're attracting the wrong people. You're attracting the wrong business. You're attracting the wrong friends, the wrong people in your life. Another important thing. But just knowing those doesn't change things. So it's like, what's the action you have to take in order to start to evolve into your authentic self? And it's about spending time with yourself. You know, that tattoo on your left ring finger, trust. If you don't spend time with yourself, you don't know who you are and you can't trust yourself. So literally, I mean, it's, it's one of the foundations of the morning mindset practice that I have created and put in place for my clients is sit down with yourself every day in the morning, understand how you feel, what you want, what you're grateful for. Like all of those pieces are key so that, you know, yeah, this is who I am and I trust myself. And if people don't like it, it's okay because there's enough people out there who will. Mm, Mike drop right there. Mm. I love it. And I, I couldn't agree more with that, especially as you're saying that if we're not being our authentic self and putting on these different masks, you're, you're going to be attracting the wrong people into your life. Mm -hmm. And then it's like, we wonder why we have friends that don't quote unquote get us or the business is not coming the way that we want. And, you know, you just mentioned the morning mindset, which 
I think is such a powerful thing. But I also understand that a lot of people have this misconception that the morning routine and mindset needs to be this like hour long thing. And you really say that it's 10 minutes. So what's your secret sauce here for those listening to help them feel empowered when they wake up? You know, it, you have to think about your motivation for the day. You know, how do you want your day to go? Um, what do you want from it? And if you want to get what you want, then it's your responsibility to start with yourself and dictate how that's going to go. I always like to use the analogy of like, look, if you went through the Starbucks drive through, you wouldn't just show up at the window and say, OK, I'll take whatever you want to give me. And when you don't start your day like with you and your morning mindset, that's basically the equivalent of it. You're basically saying, okay, day, whatever you have for me, I'll just go ahead and take it. But the morning mindset, you know, when you realize, no, I want to place my order for the day, that's kind of the motivation to do that. And it is five or 10 minutes. It's got seven core questions that all lead into your authenticity, your responsibility, your intentions that allow you to say, hey, I want a particular day. This is what I'm placing my order for. Now let's go make it happen. I mean, who doesn't want what they want out of their day? Amen. So let's just give an example. Someone who maybe didn't get a great night's sleep. I have a lot Mm -hmm. of clients and people who follow me who are new moms, right? They're getting Mm -hmm. woken up a ton of times. They're waking up a little tired, depleted, and I'm sure everyone wants to have a good day. But if you, you know, if, if sleep, let's just say for whatever reason has you just not had the best night's sleep and, yeah. and you've woken up on the wrong side of the bed. What can you do in that moment when you wake up to kind of reset your mind and shift to that, that positivity saying, okay, although this is where I'm at, this is what I want. Mm-hmm. I love that you asked that question because literally the first question in the morning mindset journal is how do you feel? What are you going to do about it? And so even if you haven't picked up a journal or anything yet and you wake up and you're on the, you woke up on the wrong side of the bed, you didn't get enough sleep. It's your job to have some self-awareness and go, okay, what's going on with me? Do, do I want to continue that for this day or do I want to do something different? So it's all about empowerment and self-awareness. And I use the example all the time. Like if you don't become self-aware and do something about it, then you're that person that maybe at the end of the day says that was such a crappy day. Like it started first thing in the morning. I woke up on the wrong side of the bed and that's what I got. And it doesn't have to be that way. I mean, look, I have two kids too, and I've gone through those times of not having enough sleep, but you have to really think about your choices. And I always tell my clients, hold out your hands and put your two choices. You know, do you want to get stuck with this day that you have? It's already been crappy. You're tired. Are you just going to accept that? Or do you want to take these five minutes to kind of like recalibrate and get control of your day? It's your choice. I love it. I, I'm actually going to start doing this. I'm I'm really excited about even that one question. And I can see how truly empowering it is, especially related. Like I, I tell people, was it a bad day or are you milking a bad moment? Mm. And it kind of goes hand in hand with what you're saying, right? Of like, sure, circumstances might have happened and you just woke up on the wrong side of the bed and it is what it is. Or, you know, got in a fight with someone right when you wake up or, 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 or right? There's so many ors. Yeah. And it's like, are you taking that and choosing, right? Because everything actually is a choice. Are you choosing to allow that to go into your day? Or as you said, what are you going to do about it? Which I think is such a powerful 
such a powerful question just to slow down and be like, Hey, how am I feeling? What am I going to do about it? And I can see even in my life, how, how powerful that could be. So I actually want to talk really quickly then about problems (laughs) Mm -hmm. because we all have problems. We all have challenges and you and I both have a belief that in order to effectively and efficiently solve a problem that you should reverse engineer it. So Mm -hmm. can you talk about this and give me some simple tips that the listeners could use? Yeah, I mean, I say say that from the morning mindset journal and and to kind of give some context around that, it's basically I've looked at what's gotten in the way for people, whether it's lack of authenticity, whether it's not following through or staying consistent or committed. I've looked at all these and I said, okay, if these are the problems that people are having, how do we avoid them from even happening? What could we do ahead of time so that they don't you know, fall off of their routine so that they don't show up inauthentically. And that's the way my mind works, you know, is just being able to go, if the problem is this, then what do we need to do beforehand to fix that? And that's basically kind of how the morning mindset journal birthed was going, okay, well, if we're not authentic with ourselves, then here's um, affirmations that we can say every single day to build up our authenticity and know who we are. If we don't ever have any accountability and follow through with things, well, then we're going to set our intentions for the day. And then we're also going to ask ourselves, did I follow through? If not, what got in the way? Right. So we're pretty much just looking at each problem. And this goes for anything. If you you know, aren't making your calls, if you aren't being honest in a relationship, whatever problem it is, let's look at you know, what we can do to avoid that problem in the first place. Really, really love what you're saying. And I, I resonate so much with it of taking a, it's what I call kind of the forwards, backwards look at life where it's like, mm-hmm. okay, where am I trying to go? And then what am I going to do to get there? Like I'm launching, you know, we're always in launch mode of something, yes. creation, creating a product, a book. And I look at my life. And it's like, okay, I have this thing that I want to do. Why do I always ask myself, okay, like, why do I want to do this? Why is this actually important to me? And then I go backwards to all of the steps that I I could possibly need to take. And I find that it actually, it helps me feel more in control, which is where I want to go next. Mm -hmm. And I, I also realize just as you're saying that by doing that and kind of that backwards look, it it makes it feel more manageable as I'm going through each step rather than it being this whole bit. Like, just as you said, if you woke up on the wrong side of the bed, it's how do you feel? What do you want to do about it? Or what are you going to do? It's like, it, you can break it up into tiny little steps is what I'm hearing. Is that correct? Yeah, it is. It's about that little step, the consistency, you know, when we tell someone like, Oh, be authentic or, Oh, you want to sell, you know, a hundred thousand books. It's like, those are big, overwhelming kind of benchmarks and finish lines. And our brain almost can't understand. It's like, ah, that sounds really, really big. But if we start to go, okay, well, if you want to sell a hundred thousand books, what time frame do you want to do that in? Well, how many does that break down to a month? How many does that break down to a week? What's one thing you could do? Like our brain starts to digest these little tiny pieces of knowing. You want to be authentic? Okay, well, write out five affirmations every single day, you know, and it allows us to focus on the executable thing right here and now instead of that grand goal and finish line at the end. Love that. So you've already mentioned it, but... 
on your Instagram, you recently posted a little quote that said the ultimate control is Mm -hmm. control over your mind. And I tell clients that the more you try to grasp control in your life, the more elusive it becomes. So can you explain what you mean by this quote and how someone who maybe is not feeling in control, here you are saying the ultimate control is the control of your mind, how someone can understand that, digest it and implement it. Yeah, it's a slippery slope. You know, some people will be like, oh, well, you shouldn't try to control everything. I do not recommend you try to control everything. I recommend you control your controllables. Most people try to control things that are not in their control, an outcome of a situation, somebody else's opinion, somebody else's thoughts, um, all of these things that they literally have no control over. And that's where, you know, you hear people talking about, oh, I'm such a control freak. I try to control all that. Leave all that to your trust, to your faith and the things that you can't control. But what can you control? And you 100% can control your mind. You can control your thoughts and you can control, you know, your actions. And those are good things to control because they ultimately create what you want in the end, the life that you want, the business that you want. So as far as like how we start to do that, I like to think of it as this filtering process. Like Your brain, I say, is as like usable as your hand. I can sit here and I can open my hand. I can pound my fist. I can make my brain do the same things. So if I I get this thought of like, oh my gosh, you know, my book is never going to be a bestseller. I'm never going to be able to sell all these books. I can choose to keep that or I can choose to replace it with something else. And that's the control that I want to use because I want to be able to say like, you know what, actually, I'm going to take one action a day and I'm going to reverse engineer this plan. And here's the way that I can sell all these books. Here's where I can be bestseller. So it's just a matter of us intervening in our thoughts and taking control of it because otherwise it's your brain, you know, it's going to lasso you and it's going to run you around all over the place, calling all the shots and telling you exactly how to feel. So interesting what you're saying. And I can just, I'm already feeling like I'm listening to this from, you know, from the viewpoint of those who are maybe walking down the street right now or in their car. And I, I can already hear the comment coming to me saying, right, Nikki, but I can't control my thoughts. So, and you just kind of mentioned that, but what would you say to that person that comes to you and they're like, Angie, I hear you. I understand in theory, but I cannot control my thoughts. I, right. It's a negative just pattern all day, this negative chatter. What, what would you say to help that person? Yeah. I mean, first I'd say I want to empower you that you 100% can. And if we have to look at the problem, like, is it that in that moment, let me back up. The thought's going to come, right? Like we can't control that. The thought's going to come. You being able to choose something differently and throw that one away is something you can learn to do. And sometimes people have a challenge with that because in the moment, the negative thoughts are coming and it's like, well, if you're in this negative thought pattern, how do you choose something differently? So I like to say you have to have these pocket phrases or words as your self rebuttals. So for example, if somebody is, um, has this negative thought pattern about how, you know, they're not good enough. And that's always kind of the tape that plays in the song that comes in their head that they're not good enough and they're not going to be successful. Well, let's arm you with what you want to believe instead. And it's like a pre-crafted, you know, approach or phrase that you're going to choose. So that as soon as your mind gives you that story of, you know, 
you see, I told you, you're never going to be successful. You know, you're not good enough. You have that phrase in your hand. And I've even had clients write it down on an index card where you're like, actually, I am enough and I have done this and this and this, and this is what I'm going to do. But you have to start answering back to those thoughts or you're right. You will never be able to control them. I really, really resonate with what you're saying because it comes out of so the one of the main programs that I teach is called the Ultimate Transformation Program. Mm-hmm. And during that, I have the clients identify their ego mind, which I call the Siamese twin, with the true self or that authentic self as we're talking about and getting really clear on your Siamese twin and what are the actual sentences phrases, things that your ego mind is saying so that when those come up, and I also have people identify what does the voice sound like? Is Mm. it really loud and obnoxious and screaming at you? Or is it a bit softer, but like one of those just vicious, vicious voices so that then you can become aware of what the voice is, what it's saying to you and identify that that's actually not you. That's the sabotaging voice. Yes. And then coming back just as you're saying and getting clear on what's that rebuttal. So I love that we're, we're sharing the same thing just in slightly different means, which is, I mean, that's really what we're all doing here, right? We're, we're all teaching kind of similar messages, just helping people understand it in different things. So with that being said, there is a lot of information out there, Mm -hmm. right? We're inundated with social media. There's a new podcast popping up every, you know, every few minutes, there seems like there's a new one, blog posts, this, you know, then we've business emails, everything is making us download an app to do things. So we literally are getting overloaded with information. And it's so accessible. And I actually find that it becomes analysis paralysis and it has the impact of people not seeing results that they want. So what are your personal rules to overcome this for you? And then that would help someone else who's listening. I I just literally put a video out on this. I think it was yesterday about information overload. And it's kind of what we were talking about earlier to this place of authenticity. If you're constantly going, well, this is what someone says I should do and, and how I should, you know, act and, and, you know, so on and so forth. It, it can be too much. And it does, it puts you in a state of confusion and going, I don't know what to do. I can't get into action. So I like to, first of all, make sure that you are screening and filtering. Like, who are you taking information in from? Is it just, you know, random people? Is it just the next person online? Like, how are you basing your decision to put them at a place where they get to have an influence in your life? So if you admire, you know, a particular person, the way they built their business, the way they run their life, their relationships, like, okay, well, that's a good filtering. You're like, this much person is very much in line with me. So I can respect their opinion and kind of take that in. But it's too easy to get caught up in, oh my gosh, that person's killing it and that person's crushing it and taking it in just from a place of desire and wanting what somebody else has. So I say that's the number one thing is you have to really vet, like, why am I considering to allow this information into my space? Is it credible? That makes sense. Totally. And, and it's, you know, as you're talking, what I'm thinking about is especially 
with social media. I mean, and we could even talk about like Netflix and all these different shows that people just binge watch. And it's really, what are you allowing in? And Mm -hmm. even this is something that I've done during the pandemic where I was following all these different people. And I realized that they were not bringing me joy because I was comparing myself. And I Mm love what you just said there of, are we kind of, and I'm kind of paraphrasing it, but are we aspiring to be like them because we respect someone and it's like, Oh, maybe, you know, I could do that. Or are you looking at someone and following them because you want what they have? Like Kardashians, you know, so many people want what they have. And it's like, is it inspiring you to be better in your life or mm-hmm. is it making you feel worse? And it's the same could go for, and I, I walk clients through this of cleaning out the closet because our closets, most women, if you ask them, they're like, oh, I have jeans from 15 years ago, the skinny jeans. Or when I look in my closet, I have nothing to wear. And it's like, if you're going into your closet and it makes you feel bad, well, you're probably going to be making worse decisions throughout the day. And so I always say to people, the first thing that you do is clean out the closet before you even start thinking about what else am I going to buy? And the same with social media, go filter out who are you following and why. And, and I really, really resonate with that because I think it is so prevalent to today's day and age with just there's so much at our fingertips. And is that, did I kind of sum that up correctly of what you said? 100%. Yeah. And we don't, we often aren't just conscious enough to really know like why we're even enamored by somebody and why we would be following them. You know, I've got clients who are like, look at this person. I'm like, is that the life you want? Do you want to be working this much? Do you want to be managing this size company? Do you want no. Okay. Well then why are you letting that information into your space? You know, but it's about wanting what maybe they have or what they perceive to have. And that's um, dangerous. I always say, you know, the whole comparison thing, it's, it's a lose, lose situation because you will always find someone who's doing better than you. That's going to make you feel like less. And you will always find one, someone who's not doing as good as you. And that will make you feel complacent. So I just tend to say, do not compare at all. Be inspired, but do not compare. I love it. Be inspired, but do not compare. And I think that's, you know, that's a a quote that we're going to definitely take from the show today. So you've also been working in business for 25 years. You've helped people just make tremendous changes in their life. What are some tips that you have for someone to create more meaningful success in their life or their business? First thing is you have to decide um, what define that. You have to decide what meaningful success is for you. Most people jump into this place of creating success from a financial standpoint above all else. And, you know, unless that is really your true motivation and you have a real value to back that, you'll likely fall short. So you have to really understand what your why and your motivation is behind what you want. Um, I've had great success and it hasn't been meaningful early in my career. And that's what made me realize that, you know, all success is, is not the same. And I get clients all the time who are like, I have this and I have this and I have the house and I have all these things, but I'm still not happy. So meaningful success to me is like, you know, success that you have joy with and that meets your values. So the first thing you have to do is to find that. And then you can start to build that plan around actually creating it based upon what that looks like by your definition. Could not agree more there. And I, much like you had 
had the success, was on TV, both my books came out, had a number one app, all of these things, magazine covers. And this was in from 2015 to 2018 when the mm-hmm. two books came out. And, you know, from the outside, it's like I had a quote unquote all. And yeah. the money wasn't necessarily backing up all the TV shows, which I think people also think is going to happen. You go on TV, you're on a magazine cover and like suddenly you have all these clients. And I found that it's almost like the more that I wanted these things and chased after them, the more unhappy I got. And I remember even trying to hit, you know, I think every author wants to hit New York Times bestseller. And one thing that I've really learned about my own life is that I am so grateful that I didn't hit it when I had Mm. my first two books, because I was chasing it from a place of ego, just as we're talking about with the authenticity of I was looking for external validation from people and it wasn't coming from that. I I wanted to help people. I want the book to get out the books. And yet I'm like, Oh baby, like I'm so glad I didn't hit it because I realized like chasing it from a place of ego, which was not my authentic self Mm -hmm. was actually making me feel worse about myself in life. And so I went on what I call the two year sabbatical to figure out who the fuck am I? Because I was yeah. like, I don't know. Right. And, and like during that time, really kind of learning what my values were because I'd never sat down to think about those and getting clear. Now I'm like, well, I hope that I hit New York Times bestseller with my next book, whenever that is, but it's not a prerequisite to my happiness or my success. Right. Oh my gosh. What a beautiful, you know, self-awareness moment you had in journey. It sounds like, you know, most people don't ever get that awareness. So amazing. Yeah. I want to switch gears before we end to something radically different here Uh because you have kind of become a go-to in the media as we're talking about media and TV shows for discussing AI. So you're kind of Mm. this woman who just like does it all. And I I so respect and honor that because I feel like that's me. I'm like, I can talk about anything and and I'm passionate about anything. But you have gone out and said some really incredible things about AI. And obviously, there's some fears people have that AI is taking over. Then you have other sides where people are saying like, AI is going to help everything better. You have schools now banning ChatGP. So can you give us the rundown of your understanding of AI in the world today and where you think it's going? Absolutely. And I would say the first thing is anytime something new comes about like this, it's going to create fears. And the more resistance you have to it, the bigger your fears are going to get. So I like to open things up with this, you know, kind of an open mind and go, okay, well, let's just explore it and see what the possibilities are instead of associating all the negatives to it. Um, 100%, it is going to take some jobs away from people it already has. But because of the business that I'm in, that you're in, we also know that there's always opportunity and it gives us the ability to rise up. I look at AI and I go, gosh, this is going to challenge us humans and we're going to have more possibilities. We're going to have more opportunities if we approach it with an open mind and figure out how we use it for ourselves instead of it using us. Right. It's kind of like the controlling of the mind. So I think there's a lot to be done with it. I've already seen so much of it with my clients and them utilizing it for good, um, making things more efficient, helping them, you know, articulate things better. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that, especially if you're learning from it. 
My big thing with AI is that you can't let it just simply replace your brain. You have to let it show you and you have to learn from it because if you don't use it, you will lose it as far as your own intelligence. Amen to that, Angie. Totally amen. And it's, I couldn't agree more on the one, not letting it control us. Like we control Mm -hmm. it just like we were talking about the mind. And my husband recently for, as I mentioned, my birthday was a few weeks ago and he came and he's like, okay, I have a birthday present. It's a really weird one. I'm like, okay. (laughs) And he told me that he started writing the Nikki's rules of of technology etiquette because I, oh. I'm a very big fan of having some etiquette when it comes to technology out in the world and living in yes. Miami. People listen in like on planes, you know, they listen to things without headphones. And so he told me that he went into ChatGP and he started creating these prompts. And then he's like, all right, now write it in Nikki Sharp's tone of voice, which is amazing. And so yeah. he, we have like seven chapters of it. And Exactly as you're saying, I'm taking this and then I'm going to nickify it, right? Mm-hmm. I'm going to put my real tone and intention and energy behind it. But I love that he went and did that because it took away so much of the time and effort. And it's allowing me to do something that, you know, might just be in my mind and then I don't have quote unquote time for. So are yes. there any specific hacks, AI hacks or tools or programs that you've been using in your own life or business? Um, You know, mostly just in the chat GPT. Um, There's resume filters that you can use on there or builders that have been great. A lot of my real estate clients, um, listing presentations and uh, property descriptions. But I love it most for clients who are stuck on something and you don't know how to get started it is a great starting point. Just like you said, you know, you put that in there, it gave you seven chapters and now you at least have something to work from. I literally have had clients go, look, you don't know where to start your email. You don't know where to start your social content. Just ask, at least you get this one bit and then it's going to get your wheels turning. So I think it's been, you know, instrumental in getting people into action which is huge. And I love, you know, I've got to bring up this piece too. It's like you have embraced it. And like you said, you'll Nikify it, but you have to remove the judgment, right? And there's so many people out there that are judging it right now. Like, oh, are they going to create all their social content with ChatGPT? Are they going to do this? Like judging them for it. And that's only going to create a bigger gap between you and your competitors. So we got to remove the judgment around it as well. 100%. And it it makes me think of when web, like 1999 or so, whenever it was that websites were really like starting to become a thing, but not yet. And, you know, you'd go onto someone's website and it was, we look at it now and got awful. Like, you know, so basic functionality. But back then it was like, wow, oh, this person has a website. I don't know if I trust them because people were so used to calling and making appointments. And like now it's, it's so funny for my hairdresser. I have to call to make appointments and I have to say it drives me nuts. I'm like, yeah. can you just put it online? So I feel like as you're saying and what I'm hearing is that AI is going to help us move forward if you're willing to ride the wave with with it, mm-hmm. just like with websites and, and all of that. So Angie, this has been absolutely incredible. And I love all the different places that we went and what we talked about. Where can people find you and, and what would you like them to do when they come and find you? 
Yeah, you know, my mission is to inspire, um, to impact life. So you can find me on AngieWisdom.com. Instagram is probably my biggest platform, which is Angie Wisdom Life Coach. And I put out videos every day. I'm literally just trying to impact lives, change people so that the world is a better place, as cliche as it sounds. Um, The Non-Negotiable You just recently released my book. And that's available on Amazon and the Morning Mindset Journal is a companion journal with it. So, you know, if you want to create a better version of yourself, you want to spend time with yourself, that authenticity, lean into some of those pieces. I love that. And our last question mm-hmm. is what are your three hacks for someone to live a sharper life? Values. I know we talked about some of these, but know your values understand what your values are and take them into your life every single day as if you were taking vitamin supplements. Spend time with yourself and create a relationship with yourself. Non-negotiable. You have to be the most important person in your life. And the last one is, you know, be grateful. Find gratitude in good things, in horrible things, because gratitude is what opens your mind to possibilities, opportunities, and other people's perspectives. Beautiful. You summed those up. Amazing. And I agree with number three, gratitude is everything. Mm-hmm. So for everyone listening, I hope that you enjoyed today's episode with the incredible Angie Wisdom. And if you enjoyed it, please be sure to send it to a friend or save it and subscribe if you haven't leaving a five-star review and what you enjoyed. And until next week, here's to a sharper life. Mm-hmm.